Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. What's really in the new Georgia election law that Biden and the left say is racist? And what fake news was reported in the New York Times today? Was there a conspiracy behind the Roe v. Wade Supreme Court decision? We have all the answers on Dr. Gina Primetime. Now that America's favorite pastime is in the crosshairs of the radical left, get ready. Some major changes will be happening to Major League Baseball. And here in a moment, I will lay out exactly how the left plans to dismantle this American institution. But first, I want to go back to yesterday's open. At the beginning of the show yesterday, I went through all the things that I could think of that the left has ruined. And on social media, you added a lot of items to that list. My list included things like sports, religion, late night television, Hollywood in general, the news media, immigration, food and drink, academia, travel, and social media. And you added some to this list by responding to my Twitter and Instagram posts. Some of the things that you added were things like election integrity, reality television, free speech, you say the left has ruined, books, cartoons and toys, the nuclear family, how did I forget that one? Beauty pageants and more. Some of you even posted that the list uh, that, of what the left hasn't ruined would be shorter than the list of things they have ruined. And that's a good point. But let's get back to baseball. Now that the left has targeted Major League Baseball, you should expect the left to put a lot of pressure on any company that has the gall to advertise at stadiums or during televised games. And as some companies pull their advertising under the weight of the cancel mob, the MLB and each individual team will get on board with that leftist agenda. You watch. Each team will be pressured to release a statement condemning Georgia's election law and condemning racism, of course, and will have to take a stand on every injustice brought to our attention by the left and their cronies in the mainstream media. Now, the leftist mob on social media will you know, scour the accounts of, of players, managers, coaches, owners, and even the umpires and the umpires' wives. And anyone who's ever said anything that isn't approved speech or thought by the fact checkers will most certainly be targeted. Teams will be pressured to purge players and employees who do not agree with them. Just exactly what you've seen happen in Hollywood and in academia. TV ratings will be plummeted, but maybe it won't matter because even though their ratings will go down, at least the left will have let them survive. See, this is what happens. You see, the greatest fear of big business these days is being canceled. So as MLB teams, one by one, jump on the social justice bandwagon, no one will want to be the one who doesn't follow along. So it may not happen overnight, but if we don't stand up right now to the leftist mob, Major League Baseball, will forever 
be lost. Mark my words. And the left will move on to ruin the next American institution in their crosshairs. And they ruined them thoroughly. Here with me now to react, former Major League Baseball pitcher Micah Owings. Micah, great to have you here with us today. Thanks for being with us. It's a pleasure, Dr. Gina. Thank you. Uh, tell me, is, is Major League Baseball on a terrible track to becoming a tool? Regardless of your political view, views, do you think this means the demise of baseball if it isn't stopped, you know, in the form of being used by political activists? You know, I think back to baseball, and you said it just a minute ago, America's greatest sport pastime. Um, the times in our history that it has been so instrumental uh, in unifying us and uh, even most recently, you know, back thinking 9-11 uh, and how it unified. And this instance uh, is completely doing the opposite and, and um, speaking out, you know, and, and not afraid to speak out and hoping more and more players uh, like myself and my friend Russell Ortiz and uh, we'll, we'll speak up and stand up because the game is, is headed uh, in a direct direction that, I don't remember it, but I don't remember growing up as a kid, as a fan, uh, growing my passion and love for the game, and uh, it's different now. It, it really is, and, and, and the cancel mob doesn't stop once they get you in their grips. It's like a cancer. You know, my producer and I were talking about it before the show, and they're not going to stop unless they are stopped. That's really how this works. They came for the NFL. They came for the NBA. They came for Hollywood. There are other, you know, groups of entertainment entities they've come for. And once they come, they decide, you know, you're not allowed, and there's no exception. You're not allowed to believe anything other than what they tell you you can believe. And then once they've told you you can believe that, they go after not just the players who are expected to believe exactly lockstep with what they believe, but then the players' wives won't be allowed to deviate from that exact thought pattern. Uh, of course, the owners won't be allowed. Of course, um, the umpires won't be allowed. And the list goes on and on from there. Probably even the children of baseball players won't be allowed. Um, and if they venture off of the beliefs that the cancel mob has for you, then they will destroy that person. They will surround them, target them, and destroy. It's Alinsky's tactics for those who follow this sort of fascist history. This is how fascism implements itself into a culture and takes over, um, usually while calling the other side fascist, by the way, um, and which is exactly what they're doing. And, and so if that happens, um, you know, and, and I think, and let me say one more thing, too, about this. And I think what is most upsetting about this is that baseball is truly the all-American pastime. We, we think of baseball, baseball and apple pie. Everyone's heard that, that slogan. But it really is the sort of all-American thing that really does unite us as Americans. So it quite possibly is the plum, right, of, of all entertainment formats that the cancel mob wants. Do you see it that way? I couldn't agree more, and I will say baseball and peach pie being in Georgia. Um, but, uh, <laughs> I got you. I go with you there. I don't like even apple pie. I'm a peach pie girl too. <laughs> so, you know, I, as a player, I was active, involved in the Major League Baseball Players uh, Union uh, for six years and very active, very involved, um, and, and I'm a little disappointed in them as well. Um, I, uh, you know, 
our game has always set the tone for uh, the NBA, the NFL, and other leagues, uh, and respectfully so. Uh, and it, it's a high honor. It's a high responsibility, and, and a lot uh, goes with that responsibility. And, um, you know, you got to lean into the players that, you know, I'm thinking back playing. It's a team game. It's unity. It's uh, camaraderie. It's competing. And it's all the tangibles that you enjoy watching as a fan that I enjoyed as a player. But this uh, friction, this tension that's been created, I couldn't imagine being in a clubhouse right now. You know, and, and what I believe and how I have been raised and what I believe in um, and having to, to deal with that on a daily basis inside the clubhouse. Is there any reason why baseball needs to be political at all? When you talk to your, you know, your friends out there who are, are either former or current baseball uh, players or owners or whatever, is there is there anybody saying besides you? Uh, is there any sort of chorus uprising of people s who actually realize this won't get better? You kowtow this time so that you're not canceled. It doesn't mean they're going to back off. They won't back off. They will go deeper and they will go harder. Do people in your industry realize that this means the end of baseball as we know it? If you're asking uh, me and, and former players, and, and I've talked to multiple of them uh, this week and, and engaged their pulse, and um, I will choose to not uh, mention some of their responses. Uh, there are many that are irate, um, and, and I, you know, I, I wish that again that more would, would come out and speak up. But um, forgive me, I got my calling in, uh, and I just. I can't really understand the, the current player situation. Um, and they, I'm sure, were pretty much sat down and told by their individual clubs and by MLB, um, you know, this is the direction we're going and avoid, uh, you know, avoid answering any questions. And uh, again, I, I couldn't imagine being in a clubhouse right now. And I don't know how I would handle it. Must be heartbreaking to you, Micah Owings. We really appreciate you being on with us and uh, sharing what you know means a lot. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Coming up, we're going to tell you exactly what's in that Georgia election law, some of which is going to surprise you because it's not what Joe Biden says in the law. And I have a feeling a lot of this you won't have heard yet. We're going to tell you also the fake news that appeared in today's New York Times. You won't believe the lies they're printing now, or actually, maybe you can. <laughs> anyway, all that is up next right here on Dr. Gina Primetime. Stay with us. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. Now, the new Georgia election law has been called Jim Crow 2.0 by Joe Biden over and over and over. The media has repeated little lies about the law, and as has Joe Biden, like the ridiculous charge that people must be starved of food and water to stand in line to vote. 
and other crazy ideas about this bill that simply are not true. So we have Jessica Rivera here with us now to clear it all up. Jessica, you did a deep dive. Uh, you and I spoke about this. You wanted to go really as far as you could into the language of this new law. Tell us what you found. Well, Dr. Gina, I wanted to specifically point out the hypocrisy pertaining to the new Georgia voting laws and Major League Baseball. So we keep hearing blatant lies about how voters can't be given water or food while standing in voting lines. We're also hearing that uh, the cutoff times to vote will be changed to 5 p.m. when people are getting off work, very inconvenient. And that drop boxes are being taken away from minority Georgia voters, specifically the large black community. Even White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki has spouted these lies, but here's the truth. Poll workers have never been able to give uh, voters food or water. And guess what? Most people come prepared on voting day, not to mention there are drinking fountains usually around most time around these polling places. When I lived in Los Angeles, I recall polling lines actually being very huge money makers for food trucks like the Taco Man and others. So if you think about it, voting season helps small businesses in many areas across our nation. Not to mention, we are to believe Americans will stand in line for hours for a restaurant or on Black Friday for deals, but not to vote. Then there's a lie of times being shortened to 5 p.m. The truth is, the rule is polling places must stay open from at least 9 to 5, but most really do accommodate from 7 to 7. It just kind of depends where you're at. And then there are the drop boxes. Drop boxes did not even exist in Georgia previous to the pandemic. They were an emergency accommodation made mind you, without a vote. So to say they are being taken away is a falsehood. And then Dr. Gina, to make the situation worse, Major League Baseball comes in acting like a savior and is supposedly making a stand moving the All-Star Game to Denver, Colorado here. All in order to make a statement of their disgust for Georgia's new voting laws and claiming the laws are from the Jim Crow era. But you know what's funny? Atlanta, Georgia's demographics are 51% black and 40% white. Well, Denver, Colorado is 80% white and 10% black. And Colorado has similar or more regulated kind of buttoned up voting laws than Georgia. So who is really doing the disservice in implementing Jim Crow era practices by denying black uh, business owners from Atlanta potentially $100 million in revenue? I say it's Major League Baseball and all its supporters, and they're the ones who should be disgusted with themselves. Those are some outstandingly uh, disparity, uh, despairing uh, statistics, Jessica. I mean, 80% white to 10% black. And not only that, uh, one statistic that I saw was that 40% of these businesses that will be losing money are black-owned businesses. Um, actually, Georgia has some of the highest percentage of black-owned businesses in the country. So this $100 million is going to be coming out, coming out of the pocket of some of the most high per capita black-owned businesses in the entire country. That's who uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and the MLB are taking the money away from. It's black business owners, Jessica. Absolutely. So if you really want to look at it, when you look at the facts, the statistics and the demographics, like you were explaining, um, it really is, if you want to go on the basis of race, it's a very racist movement to take it from Atlanta to Denver, Colorado, instead of saying, you know what, we're not going to hold it until or do something different. But to take it away from black businesses, many black businesses in Atlanta, Georgia, 
they should be ashamed of themselves. And um, I'm glad that Americans in general are gonna be able to get the business. We're in a pandemic, I think we're all hurting no matter what color you are. But specifically trying to come in as a savior and then making the situation worse, it just seems like it's the MO for the left. Absolutely, Jessica, thank you so much for that report. You're welcome. Here with me now to react to all of that, former U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations Human Rights Commission and former mayor of Cincinnati, Ken Blackwell. Ken, nobody better to comment on this. Thank you so much for being with us. It's so good to be with you. Uh, this, is, this is a catastrophe. What you have are corporate executives at Coca-Cola uh, and Delta along with baseball commissioner, uh, more interested in being woke than they are in being right and fair. Uh, and they are attacking common sense practices and policies that make it easy to vote but hard to cheat. And no question about that. The laws are positively legion. But now that this cat is out of the bag and the lies have spread all across the world, uh, what can be done about this misinformation? We must put a spotlight on the, the glaring contradictions and, and hypocrisy. You have Coca-Cola and Delta and Major League Baseball who are dealing with the most repressive regime in contemporary uh, uh, world history, China, the Communist Party of China, but they, in fact, have focused their attention on punishing not only the, the state of Georgia, uh, but by taking $100 million out of the economy, they're talking about hurting the people, the workers, many of whom are black and, and businesses that are owned by, by blacks uh, whose service uh, and who've, who, who actually benefit uh, from the infusion of dollars brought by the All-Star game. This is crazy. Right now, those corporate executives uh, and the baseball commissioner, they're stuck on stupid. Hmm. President Trump called for a boycott, Ken, of uh, Major League Baseball. Do you think that's an effective solution? I, I don't know. If, I think what's more important is that we actually put a spotlight on the hypocrisy. Uh, they, these folks have attacked not only their fan base, uh, but ticket holders uh, and people who are part of the uh, com business complex, of, I think by, by putting the pressure on them, showing their contradiction, uh, there, there's going to be an attrition of the fan base naturally. There is a negative economic impact that, that comes from this hypocrisy. And I speak that from the standpoint of a person who has a, who has shares in a Major League Baseball team, the Cincinnati Reds. Hmm. Uh, yeah, that's especially interesting. And I, and I also find this whole throwing around of Jim Crow laws um, somewhat inherently racist. Do you find it also that? Because, I mean, Jim Crow, uh, that was an era of history where really atrocious things happened. I mean, um, even if the lies that Joe Biden is perpetrating uh, and, and perpetuating um, on our society right now were true. If, if we said, okay, there's no water in lines to get, you know, to vote, 
I, this is not something that's inhumane. Um, this is something that has been true for a long, long time. You cannot, you can't electioneer for people voting. You can't, if you are an election organization, if you are a candidate or a candidate organization, you cannot give out free things to people in line to vote, whether it's water or anything of value. As somebody who's been involved in politics my whole entire life, I absolutely know this rule. Um, nothing changed here in this law. Um, and there are other absolutely things not. that Joe Biden is saying that just simply are not true. But even if they all were true, you can't really compare this to turning fire hoses and unleashing dogs on people um, in, in the racist way that Jim Crow era politics was conducted. Can you? No, you, no, no, you can't. And just think about this attack on, on uh, voter ID. Look, this, this is a country where, in fact, to get on an airplane, to go in the building where Coca-Cola uh, and, and, and Delta are headquartered, you have to show a voter ID. Part of the whole system is to make sure that legally cast ballots are not negated by illegally cast ballots. And one of the simple ways of doing this is making sure that people can establish that they are who they claim to be. There's nothing suppressive about that. And shame on them for making the comparison. My family lived through the, the Jim Crow era. You can't equate asking for a photo uh, or voter ID with asking a voter to tell you how many jelly beans are in a jar before they could cast a ballot. This, again, this is insulting. Uh, and, and I think that it is time for us to amplify uh, the simple message that voting, verification, chain of custody are best done at the local level. This is a forerunner to S1 and HR1, which yeah. is designed to centralize and federalize our voting process. What Article 2 of the Constitution does is give that process to the 50 states. The 50 states then execute at the precinct level. That's with neighbors working with neighbors, people keeping it at the, what is called the subsidiary principle in work, keeping the process at the most basic local level. This is a move for a big government takeover, which would be facilitating of one party rule in this country, and it would be the destruction of our constitutional republic. That's why we for have example, to push back. For example, uh, many states have come up with co with common sense, local level, um, you know, controls over things like this. Can South Carolina, for example, said, "Hey, anybody who doesn't have a picture ID, a photo ID, we're going to require it. So anyone that doesn't have one, we will pick you up, we will take you to get you a photo ID that will work for you to vote, and we will bring you back home." And they had 25 takers, 25. 025, 25, no number in front of that, not 2,500, not 250, 
25 takers in the entire state of South Carolina took that state up on that. People say, oh, no, that's too expensive. We can't do that. No state can afford that. Um, apparently, they can when you only have 25 takers. But look, most states, if that's all it would cost, even if you had 200 takers or 2,000 takers, uh, to be able to keep that level of control over their voting to be sure that their voting was done in a nice orderly, legal manner, Ken, that's a very small price to pay. And, and that is the way that our founders set it up for a reason. So if, if the feds, if Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and this regime have a problem with that, there is no logical reason that I can think of, maybe you can think of one, why they are opposed to that level of local control and I'm talking about state control, you're talking about even more local than that, which is always better when the people have the power instead of the government. Um, there is no reason to negate local control except for if you want to commit fraud, unless I'm wrong. And, and, and if, you, if you want to put us on a gap path to one party control and big muscular uh, federal government. Look, Aristotle said it best. There is a correlation between the organized power of the state uh, and individual liberty. The more muscular, the more controlling, centralized power in government is, the less liberty that we have. That is why our founders, the framers of our Constitution, put a harness on the growth and reach of government to optimize individual liberty. This is a regime, this is an administration that is just bent on moving us towards one-party control and muscular government, which means that it will put at risk our families, our liberty, and our nation state. It is the same well group said. of folks, it is the same group of folks who don't want to defend our, our, our borders. They want now voters without borders, which is just crazy fascinating hypocrisy. Thank you so much for your perspective on this, Ken Blackwell. We appreciate having you. Good to be with you. Coming up, the New York Times still pushing fake news, and we're going to let you know about it up next. And the real story on Roe v. Wade revealed, and we're going to tell you about the conspiracy that led to the Supreme Court decision. I bet you've never heard it. That's coming up next right here on Dr. Gina Primetime. Stay with us. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. We start off this segment with a fake news alert. New York Times is reporting that Congressman Matt Gates asked President Trump for a preemptive blanket pardon for all of the supposed crimes that he committed over the years, like statutory rape and soliciting a prostitute and revenge porn and all of the other supposed crimes that have been leaked to the media without one victim coming forward to say that they were victimized by Congressman Gates. 
And uh, President Trump released a statement shortly after that fake news was posted to say that Gates, in fact, did not ask him for a pardon in any way whatsoever. But that hasn't stopped the media from perpetuating that idea. Here with me now to discuss this fake news is RAV contributor Tom Borelli. Tom, great to have you. Thanks for being with us. Oh, absolutely, Dr. Gina. Great to be back. Tom, I, I have to tell you this is fascinating because I, I do, I love to do the little comparison. Uh, in fact, in an in, in office in Washington, D.C., when I'm there, uh, some of the guys put in a bunch of TV screens so that I can watch them all at once, which is just wonderful because I can literally watch all of the networks at one time and see, you know, what is this network doing? What is this network doing? What is this new? All, all at one time. And it's wonderful to compare because you really get an idea of their agendas when they have one. Um, some are news outlets, very few. Um, but you know, I did flip around and I did notice that MSNBC, while, while uh, some of us were reporting about the press conference at the border with uh, some of the congressmen who went to the border since it's evident that this administration has zero interest, meaning Kamala Harris, uh, in going to the border and reporting anything. In fact, she's, you know, taken a trip to a water plant I reported on yesterday. She's uh, gone home to check the dog. I don't know what she was doing there. She's gone to her L.A. home. She's, uh, you know, she's met with various women's groups. She's done little things like this. I read the VP pool press reports every day. I reported yesterday on exactly what she's done. She's been all over the country. It's not like she's not traveling or that she's been busy at the White House. She's been taking lots of little side trips and meeting with people and getting lots of, you know, accolades and things like that. But she has not made a trip to the border since her famous cackle in reaction to asking whether she would be making a trip to the border. So not only has she not made a trip to the border, several interested Congress people did make that trip to the border and they did a press conference today. So I flipped around to see what other news media were reporting and it was fascinating to me because the other news media the more left-leaning news media with an agenda were reporting about this matt gates thing and this was well after president trump had made a statement saying it was absolutely false that matt gates in fact had not asked for this pardon that was reported right so why would they continue the new york times to and, and the rest of the leftist news media to report something of which they have zero evidence they have zero witnesses they have the only actual evidence they do have is completely to the contrary they have patent denial by the accused person in this case matt gates um the the person who actually brought it to their attention was in fact matt gates in an interview right um they could have bothered to have called president trump and ask him if it was true them, themselves, maybe that would have been a story and given them some ratings they don't have. Tom, this is getting ridiculous. Why don't their viewers point this out to them? Well, Dr. Gene, I, you pointed it out. Look, this is agenda-driven news. This isn't about reporting the truth, not doing investigation, finding out facts. This is twisting facts for a pre-existing agenda, for a conclusion, regardless of the facts. The media, I think, actually misses former President Trump because they used to generate a lot of money reporting on him and actually misreporting on him. And now they've found a way to drag him back into the news in a way to try to draw viewers or readers. But, you know, it's really unfortunate. I think the biggest concern about all of this is that it shows that why our country is just so divided. 
we have two sets of media, essentially. One that's out there reporting the truth, like our network, Real America's Voice, and the others like CNN, MSNBC, The New York Times, really speaking another line, twisting the truth for their agenda. That's why the country is really going to have a hard time unifying because of the media's agenda of dividing us. They don't like President Trump. They never did. Matt Gates was associated with President Trump because he frequently uh, defended the president, and now they don't like him. They will do anything to really advance that agenda. So now that we see that this news from the New York Times is fake, can we assume that the leaks about Gates are fake? Well, you would, taking that, you would make that kind of logical conclusion, right? We're still waiting for all the facts, as you mentioned in your introduction, but we do know is that there's always a different way of looking at it, the hypocrisy. If it's a Republican, they're immediate guilty. Remember uh, Supreme Court Justice Kavanaugh, they're already guilty. Uh, uh, Governor Cuomo, I know, I've, I've lost count. I still have enough fingers to how many people have come up uh, women have come up and accused him of some sort of sexual uh, misconduct. But again, it's different. It's different Republicans. It's different for Democrats. And the media is always right there in front, dividing the nation, doing everything they can to harm the reputation of, of any really Republican you can find. Now, there are no actual accusers who have come forward, as we pointed to. We have Cuomo, who has multiple accusers, but the media doesn't care too much about that. Um, and, and I noticed, too, in the photos that they're using of Matt Gates. if you flip over to MSNBC, they have gone a long way out of their way to find the most ominous, disturbing-looking photos of Matt Gates that I've ever seen him leaning into President Trump looking all, you know, like he's doing something just terribly wrong and, and, and insidious at a Trump rally, as if, as if the place where Matt Gates were going to ask Donald Trump for this huge pardon for all of his crimes would be at a Trump rally. Because that's, by the way, if you were going to ask President Trump for this massive pardon, I'm sure you'd do it in the middle of 30,000 people at a Trump rally, right, Tom? That's what you do, right? I mean, the ridiculousness of this is just, it's, it's mind-boggling. And then you think, do their viewers believe this? The media daily is revealing their bias, and I guess they don't really care. It must be that the left is so dug in on this that they are blind. And we can't really, I mean, I guess we can still call it Trump derangement syndrome, but it's really just deranged. Well, it is. And there's another twisted part of this as well. The other message is if you defend somebody like President Trump, the media at some point will come out and get you. And they want, they want to drive a message that if you defend President Trump, we will get you. I think there was a story today in uh, the papers somewhere where some former Trump officials are having a hard time getting jobs because this is the way Democrats, this is the way the media acts against Republicans. They want to extract vengeance. They just don't want to beat you in an election. They want to beat you and then punish you for the rest of your life and try to de 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 deny you any sort of future income. It's all about sending a message. 
Tom, I want you to put on your molecular biologist PhD hat and uh, move on over to a little bit of COVID news with me for a moment. The media really pushing this idea that people who don't take the vaccine are putting us all in danger and prolonging the pandemic. I'm sure you've heard all of this. The whole thing, Tom, about this vaccine is, I guess, the longer that this vaccine lingers out there, Tom, um, and the more the media pushes it at us as, as some sort of, um, if we don't do it, we're being bad people. Um, you know, there's a there are a certain amount of people out there that are going to react to that by not getting the vaccine, right? Because people start to think, well, why is it being advertised to us as if we're bad people, like the whole mask thing. Why is it being advertised to us like if we don't do it, we're somehow bad people? Well, again, it, it's the overarching government agenda. But what I find most fascinating, actually disturbing about this whole topic is if we rewind the tape to the election, presidential election in 2020, we had then candidates Joe Biden and Kamala Harris slamming the vaccine, making statements that it's not really safe. You can't trust it. It's President Trump's vaccine. Now, all of a sudden, they're in power and now they're trying to ram the vaccine down people's throats. They should have been. They put politics before public health. Anything to defeat President Trump, they were going to do. If it required them to slam the vaccine, that was just fine with them. And they didn't care about the consequences. Now they're in power. Now they're actually arming grassroots groups to go out to convince Americans to get the vaccine. Well, maybe why? Because they set the anti-vaccine fire and now they're trying to put it out. This is the twisted politics of the Democrats. They will do anything for power. It was never about follow the science. It was follow the politics. It depends where they are and where they can get power. Yeah, and to your point, this headline appeared over at CBS News. It said, many Republican men, and you can just in your mind make the translation white men, uh, are hesitant to get the coronavirus vaccine. Um, and, you know, this is just the, playing the race card, playing the partisan card nonstop. Tom, I have a lot of friends that are Republican men, that are white men, uh, that have gotten the vaccine. This isn't and shouldn't be a racial or a partisan issue. Why does the left have to turn everything into that? Yeah. Uh, that is just so disappointing and, and, out, and just outrageous is that everything is politicized. And as you know, I'm, I'm a trained scientist. You're a trained scientist in, in, certain, in a way. So this is a problem when they continually twist facts for a political agenda. And the distrust now of science and scientists as a result of COVID, I think is going to be long lasting and very harmful going forward because the bottom line is going to be, who do you trust? We know we can't trust yeah. Dr. Fauci. I think the other day he just said, someone asked him, finally asked him about COVID coming over the southern border. He said, that's a political issue. What? Everything yeah. that man says is political. But he dodged that question. But when it came time to criticize President Trump, he was right there. When it came time to suck up to President Biden, he's right there. He doesn't want to get political about that. That's another example. We know we have COVID cases coming over the border. The CDC had Fauci should be all over that. But no, they're worried about too many Americans in a baseball stadium. Again, it's a double yeah. standard. 
they shouldn't be playing with science like that. Yeah, I think I trust uh, I think I trust Dr. Tom Borelli on these issues very much. <laughs> I took the vaccine. That's okay. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right, Tom. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. Coming up, the Roe v. Wade decision was all built on a conspiracy, and we're going to tell you about that up next. You won't want to miss this. Stay with us. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We will hear arguments in Roe against Wade. You may proceed. If you really want to know how abortion became legal in our country, I will tell you the true story. Dr. Mildred Jefferson, would you like to head up a Right to Life group that I'm starting? Dr. Bernard Nathanson's clinics are performing a thousand abortions per week. That's why I'm taking up the fight. I wanted to get abortion legalized across the country. We're looking for a pregnant girl to challenge the abortion laws. We'll give her a pseudonym, call her Jane Roe. It's genius that we no one will ever know about her past. First, they came after the Jews, and then they came after the mentally deficient. We did nothing, and now they're coming after the unborn. And so you're gonna do nothing? That's part of the trailer from the brand new Roe v. Wade movie that just came out, is available now to buy absolutely everywhere. Let's bring in the director and the star of the new movie, Nick Loeb. Nick, great to see you. Congratulations on the movie. Thanks, Gina. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, tell us, first of all, I want to make this really clear because it's, it, they've made the movie Big Tech Imagine This, has made it just <laughs> a little bit difficult to find, even though it's absolutely everywhere. I want to make this clear. You have to punch in the whole name of the movie. Tell us about that so people can find it easily. Yeah, well, it, de it, depends. it depends on where you're going to watch it. So we're on iTunes, we're on Amazon, we're on Google Play, we're on Vudu, we're on Comcast. Um, sometimes we're in new releases. <clears throat> um, I think Amazon, they put us under romance. So some of the places like they'll hide us where people won't really look. And so the best way uh, for you to find it is just type in the name of the movie, Roe v. Wade. Um, uh, probably Googling it is probably the easiest, but if you're gonna go on your, um, you know, depends how you're gonna go search. Uh, you go to your Apple TV, uh, you go to iTunes, you type in Roe, I mean, you should, if you type it in properly, R-O-E, not R-O-W, you'll, you'll find it. Um, yeah, that's important but too. But the, they haven't made it easy. R-O-E. Yeah, they, they don't <laughs> make it easy on purpose, and that's because the movie, I am hearing just rave, rave reviews. Um, it really focuses on a, a basically little-known conspiracy regarding the entire episode. Tell us what you want us to know, um, enough to wet our whistle, I guess, uh, to watch the movie. Sure. I mean, Roe v. Wade, I like to say, is the most famous court case in American history that everyone's heard of, but nobody really knows anything about. Um, and we tell the whole truth in the story, essentially, how Roe came to be and how it was decided. Um, and it has a lot of parallels today. I mean, there was a lot of fake news, lying, manipulation, fake statistics, 
Um, and there's a big conspiracy behind. I don't want to give away too much. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll give one thing. You'll find two of the justices at the time had family members working for Planned Parenthood that were highly influential in their decisions. And so you'll, I don't want to give too much away because I don't you know, I want your folks to, to, to see the movie. Um, but it's a fun, exciting movie. It's not some like boring Supreme Court drama. And, um, and, and yeah, a lot of twists and turns. I can't wait to see it because uh, I know the characters are very complex. Uh, many don't know that I was actually, um, I did a lot of post-abortive counseling and one of my most, maybe perhaps ever, uh, most high-profile people that I ever worked with was Norma McCorvey, who is actually Jane Roe and Roe versus Wade. And um, she was very troubled. People think that abortion is an easy decision. Um, it, it, she was perhaps one of the most troubled people over what all she was put through, not just in the abortion, but in what the abortion industry did to her after uh, the case and after her abortion and all of the rest of it. Um, it really, and I don't know how much of that you get into, but I just know that she was a very complex individual. Um, I, I spent hours and hours and hours um, trying to help her, and, and it never is easy in these particular situations. But I don't think people realize uh, the amount of um, humanity that was really involved in this court decision. We tend to say Roe versus Wade and then just sweep it under the rug. But there were a lot, there was a lot of blood, sweat, and tears that never ended for the people involved in this, right? That's true, and it's interesting that you mentioned Norma Corby, Jane Roe. I mean, we bear. I mean, she's in. She played two scenes in the movie, maybe three in total, that represent her character. And and, and the reason everyone's like, well, how can you make a movie called Roe v. Wade without Jane Roe and Henry Wade? Well, you'll see in the movie, uh, we try to follow history. Essentially, Planned Parenthood and Abraham needed a girl so they could get pregnant girl they could find to get the courts to change. And so they were just looking for a pregnant girl. They were scouring the country. They find her, found her, they signed her up, and then never spoke to her again. Uh, she didn't even find out what happened with the case uh, until it was in the media. I mean, no one even communicated with her, and she never had any abortions. And so she really wasn't part of, of Roe v. Wade. Um, she was completely used and manipulated by the movement that was trying to pass it. And so that's exactly how we portrayed it in the movie. Um, but you know, that's, you know, what is, again, you know, there's a lot of strange things in this case that nobody really knows about. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Nick, moving on and changing topics. You are battling the, um, pro-life you know, for, for the life, you're a pro-life, you know, crusader on many levels and, uh, in your personal life. Also, I want to ask about something you and I've interviewed about before, and that is the battle for your embryos. Um, you, this is something you've been fighting for years. You have uh, fought for these in court. Where is that fight? Well, listen, after years, we still haven't, I feel like Donald Trump, we still haven't gotten to court. <laughs> I, I, you know, it uh, keeps on uh, getting tossed out or appealed and, um, and challenged. And I mean, again, uh, we, you know, it was thrown out before I got to court, so we're gonna appeal again. I mean, I'm gonna appeal and appeal and appeal until I actually get my day in court. And I think the challenge out there, Gina, and I appreciate what you, what you said, these were my embryos, um, because the, the, the media has um, sort of marketed as her embryos. Well, uh, you, know, it, you know, they're human beings. So um, 
I, I mean, there was uh, there was a time in America where we could have ownership of human beings, and that wasn't looked so highly upon. Um, and but we're doing it all over again today. But no, I appreciate you calling them my my embryos because I think the narrative the media is trying to paint that I'm trying to steal steal her embryos or eggs, which is, um, and I think people don't know the difference. Uh, essentially, there, you know, what I want is my own embryo, which is my own DNA. I just want to yeah, keep it alive babies, and not, and not yeah. Yeah. My, my children that dead. Makes perfect sense. All right. I want everyone to go out and grab the movie Roe v. Wade on your favorite movie streaming platform. And thank you so much for joining me, Nick Loeb. Great to have you. Thanks, Gina. And yeah, before before they totally remove the movie, you better watch yes, it. Yes, exactly. Before, before exactly. they cancel it from all the platforms. Exactly. Thanks for being with us tonight. We appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Gina. Thanks for having me. And thanks to all of you for joining us tonight. Everyone here at your new home for real news. That's Real America's Voice, RAV TV, live from Studio 6B. Up next with Damon and the crew. Hug your children. Love your God. You go boldly now and live the truth. See you tomorrow.